Welcome on into the podcast. I'm Brett. I'm Dorian. And this is our Thursday throwback. We're talking about Avatar Season 2, Book 2, Earth. Two. Uh, for those of you who who have not uh, been a part of uh, this YouTube channel before, we would really, really appreciate it if you guys subscribed and liked. Uh, and then also, if you haven't seen our Book 1 review and kind of walk through, we set up the world, we set up a bunch of stuff, talk about the martial arts that are involved in this we're going to briefly mention that in this video, but if you want all that stuff, make sure you check out our first video. Link's in the description below. Yep. And also, uh, some of our other Thursday throwbacks that we do, we go over all the Skywalker Saga, Star Wars movies, the Dark Knight trilogy, and the Bourne trilogy. The good, yeah. the good movies. But yeah, so I mean, if you're if any of that interests you, go check it out. Yeah. And let us know what you guys think of these videos in the comments below. Uh, we'll ask you guys a question too. Like, we want to know what's your favorite uh, part of season two of the Avatar. Comment below. Let us know. We love to have conversation with our fans. So, uh, but yeah, make sure you subscribe, like, and share with your friends. We would greatly appreciate that. So, let's get right into it. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do this thing. Yeah, I'm so, excited. So, talking about book two, first impressions. Like when you first saw. Book two in its entirety. At, yeah. Which, you know, how old were you at the time? 16? Yeah, 16. So, 17. Yeah, so. Depending on when it aired. So, what were your impressions on how everything went down? Yeah, so. So, there is spoilers in this, by the way. So, uh, you know, obviously, it's a walk through the whole season. So, if you haven't watched season two yet, I highly recommend you do that before we really get into this. Yep. So, if, you, if you're watching for the first time on Netflix right now, yeah, do yourself a favor. Bookmark the video. Come back. You know, we'll understand. Yeah, we we get it. Uh, so first impressions for me, uh, this season is very well written. This season is a lot tighter, I think, than season one as far as the writing goes. I would agree with that, yeah. Uh, but I remember I didn't think through like now being an adult and looking back at it. Obviously, there's a lot I missed even as a 16, 17-year-old. Sure. But uh, this season has a huge cliffhanger. Oh yeah, big which time. I loved and hated at the time, especially because I mean, the, back then you we had to wait. I think it it ended in December. And it didn't pick back up till like spring. Yeah, which so, to me felt like forever. No, it does. Yeah, uh, I don't remember the season as much as, as season one because I think I just had more time for season one. Yeah. Uh, well, and also season one, you know, it's your first introduction to the world. All the world building really does happen in season one. A lot of it does, yeah. And so, yeah, it's going to leave a bigger impression than it does in book two. And I just remember it being a little bit slower season, but not in a bad way. Yeah, I mean, in some areas, you could could definitely make that argument. Like, definitely, like, uh, I would say, like, maybe the last quarter of the season where it's like all bossing say stuff. Yeah. It does, it does, like, you know, all kind of blend together, kind of, you know, uh, does like drag its feet maybe just a little just bit. a little yeah but i mean by the end it's like you know okay popping off popping off popping off mm-hmm. yep yeah so um yeah no i mean first impressions for me i mean first time i watched you know avatar the last airbender i kind of binged watched it so i really didn't have that uh hiatus of like you know an anticipation from that cliffhanger but i just remember i so I can't really speak to like my first impressions just because again, I just binge watched the whole thing and just enjoyed it. But I would just say from my impressions from the rewatch uh, compared to like, you know, book one, I felt like 
Book one, it does uh, do a lot more standalone type episodes. I mean, it still contributes to the overall uh, story, but I felt like this one, like there's usually something significant that happens like almost every episode or something that really is driving less, the, less filler, less filler, real something that's really actually pushing the story forward to yeah. actually do something here, which I think is attributed just to the, the writing getting better yeah. and, and it, and the tone shifts. So, yeah. uh, yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Definitely, definitely some tone shifts. So let's talk about like how, like how this, uh, book is different from, yeah. Uh, the first one. So if, off the bat, the animation's a lot better. Yeah, I do. Like, a I w- big leap, I think, from, especially movement-wise, like, when you see action scenes. Yeah. They figured that out in season two, for sure. Yeah, no, I definitely think the uh, quality in animation really holds up in this season. I think, like, after season one, Nickelodeon's like, all right, here's a blank check for your animation budget here. Pretty much. Go nuts. Uh, yeah, I think the animation's better. Uh, the storyline's really, really good. Yeah, a lot more focused, I feel like, in this season where it's like, you know, you, you'll you have, like, these offshoots of uh, storylines saying, like, okay, you know, here we're going to go chill out with uh, these guys for this episode, and then we'll, we may never ever see these people again, maybe, maybe not, you know, mm-hmm. all that stuff. Yeah, and I think there's it's a lot darker than I remember. Yeah. Uh kind of reworking through this a lot of themes that are something a, a kid or even teenagers not going to understand like when it gets into politics of bossing say oh yeah it's probably gonna fly right over their head here yeah so it was just interesting to kind of be like oh man like yeah this is very meta you it know is, it so, is yeah no very meta and then also yeah i mean it is a darker season not as dark as uh season three season three or, yeah but i felt like we uh saw a lot more zuko in this uh in this season at least like maybe that's just because like i felt like you see him more as like a developing character as somebody who is just like a villain per se or like you know yeah because he's he's not he's not in this season like the villain is azula Mm -hmm. and uh long thing yeah long thing yeah so, or is it Fing Long? I don't, I don't, I don't know. I haven't written it, down. It, we'll it, see it it's, later. It's one of those. Uh, I think it's Long Fing. One of those on American names here. Anyway, uh, so yeah, you have these other two characters that are way more evil than Zuko, but you, yeah, you do get a lot of Zuko in this. Yeah. Um, well, especially, uh, you know, these characters, like these villains that we'll be talking about in a little bit, definitely an upgrade from uh, General uh, Zhao. Yeah, Zhao. Like, I mean, Zhao was just kind of like the military man who was just too ambitious for his own good. Like, these guys kind of take it up a notch. Yeah, and I think they all take it up a notch. Like, I just remember the vast difference in bending that Aang and Katara can do uh, from season one. Yeah. You know, like, Katara's pretty much a master at this point. She like, is, yeah. Uh, so, bending, not all that e- not all that hard, apparently. Yeah. I don't know. No, but she makes huge, like, and it's a testament to their character development as well. Like, they're growing as characters and as benders to kind of, uh, at the same time. So, that's kind of cool to watch. Yeah, no, it is. What about you? Um, Yeah, just for, like, uh, how the season differs. Yeah, what do yeah. you think? I mean, no, I pretty much agree with all your points here. I mean, yeah, I would say animation is smoother. Animation is better. Uh, Storyline's more focused. You know, 
and yeah, like every ep- every episode, I feel like does contribute to the overarching story in some way, shape, or form. And yeah, darker season, and yeah, cool. Yeah, well, uh, let's jump into the world a little bit. Okay, so uh, we've talked about in our in our previous video of of uh, book one. Uh, like I said, if you haven't checked that out, link in the description. Uh, where we talk about all the different bending styles, kind of their martial arts influence and uh, the different nations and, and yeah. kind of who they uh, are reminiscent of when it comes to like, you know, actual cultures in our world. Yep. Um, so we're not going to go too deep into that, but I did want to talk about a couple things in this because there is some slight variations of bending that I think are important to kind of look at. Yeah. Kind of like uh, subcategories of the of yeah, pre-existing bending. Exactly. The they're, yeah. they're different sex uh within the bending itself so like sub bending well, let's call it sub bending i sure. guess um so and then we're going to look at uh one of the characters specific style of bending cuz it it is different and and a lot rarer than most styles of earth bending right yeah uh but we, there is there's a episode called the swamp yeah uh where we're introduced into to these benders who are actually bending plants right yeah they're bent they're water benders but they right. bend the water that's inside the plants inside the plants and you know i mean this is just like one of the things that really speaks to the just the level of like um i guess like creativity in the shows like they're using like Things like in real world science, essentially, or like yeah. real world uh, knowledge of real world uh, application here. Yeah. That, and they're applying it to a kids show that I feel like most kids shows would be like, oh yeah, we we don't care about that. They're, we're just gonna like just write it however we want to, basically here. Yeah. So, and it's even interesting because they're uh, even a different nationality almost. It looks like these swamp benders than most of the of the water benders that oh, we've already introduced to. Well, well, yeah, they're they're hicks for one. They're 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 kind of hickish, but I'm just talking about like how they were designed. Even yeah, yeah no. So more sure. like bayou looking, bayou looking, uh, yeah. which. I, like they wear like you know straw hats and stuff. They're they're, they're cruising on boats, fishing and stuff. They kind of remind me of like uh, kind of like a South American. Uh, yeah, kind of uh, like Peru area. Yeah, yeah, like Peru Mayan type of uh, Mayan's good. Yeah, that's yeah. I was getting that vibe too. Yeah. Uh, now I'm not entirely sure who what like there wasn't. I didn't see any information of what they nationality they based the swamp guys off of. I'm sure there's some something out there, but yeah, some couldn't really find it, but. Anyway, so, uh, I mean, these are characters that come back later, too. They do, yeah. Um, but they're able to make, like, really cool stuff. Like, the that one guy made, like, a mech, basically, out of plants, yeah. and he's fighting. Yeah, makes a, makes a, yeah, a vine uh, kaiju or something like yeah, that. Yeah, a vine monster that wraps around him, and he's inside of it, and he's, like, kind of, yeah. he's punching and stuff. And he's also, like, re... Uh, Reassembling uh, his uh, mech. Yeah, when it gets so cut and stuff. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, we have the swamp benders. We also have a, a subgenre of earth bending. So, we have sand bending. Yeah, which they don't really talk a whole lot about that. No. Here, which, and one of the thing that, one of the things that I found like really interesting in this season is like Toph is like a, you know, as we'll, you know, go on later to discuss in this uh, episode is like Toph is a, uh, master earthbender like pretty much right out the gate as soon as we get introduced to her pretty much uh but like she doesn't know how to like work with like sand you know mm-hmm. so i kind of found that like to be interesting, kind of an interesting yeah. uh aspect of this whole yeah whole deal so sand bending is very similar to uh that of air or water bending yeah 
Um, they're able to manipulate the sand into like, you know, whatever they want, like little tornadoes that propel these, uh, yeah. what do you want to call them? Like, like, uh, oh yeah, though, like, sa- like the, the their boats. boats. Yeah. 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 Like, yeah. Sand boats or whatever, like sand, sand skimmers or something along those lines. Yeah. But yeah, so this, it's a, it's a subgenre of bending, but it's a rare style too, to where someone who's rooted in, in, uh, more traditional, traditional kind of earth bending, it's, it's not going to be an easy transition for them. Well, right. Because I mean, just the movements, like you said, I'm a lot more smoother. Whereas as far as we know from like uh, previous earth bending styles or previous earth benders, yeah. very hard rooted style. Right. Yep. This is definitely softer. Uh, there's more, more flowing and it's, it's, it's a different way they use it. It's kind of to trap their enemies almost like they, you see the sand go up around people's legs yep. and they can't move. Uh, but we don't get to see them very much. So it's kind of this rare kind of thing. One, one and done type of thing for the, yeah. for the yeah sandbenders for the most part. Yeah. But I mean, I can see it being a really powerful style as well. If, uh, if we get to see more of it, I mean, Gara, yeah, that, that you took the words right out of my <laughs> mouth. Yep. Uh, we're introduced to a new style of bending called metal bending. Yep. Uh, but not every bender, not every, not every earth bender can do this because of how small trace amounts of rock are in refined metals. Yeah. And Toph, one of the characters in the show is someone who figures out a way to manipulate metal and bend it. Yeah. Which I mean, I think like in Korra, they even like kind of take that even a step further and explain it that basically like if it's purified metal, like, you know, like very pure where it doesn't have like any, you know, chunks of like dirt or earth or rock left in it, then you're not going to be able to bend it. But right. because like you have like these, uh, you know, just unpurified metal that you are able to really just use the rocks in there to like essentially manipulate the, the metal that's encasing it. Here. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and so uh, and Toph is the first person to do this. Obviously, later on, she opens a whole school dedicated to metal bending, mm-hmm. uh, and eventually, police force. Yep. So, uh, but anyway, let's talk about Toph's earth bending. So, Toph's earth bending is based on a more obs- obscure form of kung fu, right? Because uh, earth bending itself is largely based on hungar, which is yep. a hard style of kung fu. Hard style meaning. Uh, like you're doing more like what we punching can, right what deep we, stances yeah like what what like most people like I think associate like karate with right you know, like horse stances yeah stomping just more direct movements as yeah. opposed to like flowing around which would be a soft style of martial arts yeah uh, because it's more flowy uh, parrying stuff like that exactly yeah um, so this is this is still a hard style I guess uh, but it's based on a more obscure kung fu. Uh, known as Southern Prey Mantis style. Uh, no relation to Northern Prey Mantis style, if you know anything about you know martial arts. Uh, and here's kind of... I, I pulled this from Wikipedia, and I looked at other sources too, and they're all kind of saying the same thing. Uh, the Sifu, who oversaw the movement and uh, all this stuff on Avatar, actually brought in a, a, a guy who's who is a master of Southern Prey Mantis style because it is a rare form even in our... I, like world like it's, oh, really? it's not, not something that's readily practiced or interesting um so heavy emphasis on close range fighting yeah so you want to get into your opponent as tight and as quick as you can and basically uh you know immobilize them but yeah. Which, um, I mean, you see that like a lot with top oh totally so uh the system is known for its short power methods 
So really quick punches, really quick kicks, small like not these broad things you're used to seeing with typical Hungar. Yeah. Um, and so very quick, precise. Uh, and then in the application part, they emphasis on hand to hand and arm techniques and a limited use of low kicks. Yeah. So very much, uh, you know, arm oriented, lots of punching. Yeah. Uh, and let's see what else. Um, very, it's, it's more akin to street fighting. So I think it, it, it they, whoever developed this probably took some other type of Kung Fu and just developed it for straight up street fighting. Like, yeah. Uh, or or self defense, you know, you want if you want to go that route. Sure. Um, so the hands are are the most readily available for attack and defense of the upper body and protect uh, by employing ruthless techniques designed to inflict serious injury. The legs are moved quickly into a range through uh, footwork to protect and defend the body. Uh, kicks are kept low, like I said earlier, um, and so it, it's all about balance too. And so you can see Toph, even the way she holds her hands, or or the way yeah. they would in the specific style of martial arts. And it's a lot of well, even like foot movements as well. How yeah. she kind of usually does like a half quick, circle. Yeah, it's very quick and precise. Yeah, uh, very calculated. And so that's that's her style, which is unique to her. There's no one else on the show that I know of that does Southern Premanta style. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if her daughter later on and Cora does. I, I can't remember, but we'll get into that whenever we review Cora. Yeah. Um, something I did want to talk about that's not necessarily a bending style, but something that this, this uh, season heavily emphasizes is the Avatar state. Yeah. Okay, so the Avatar state is yeah matter of fact first episode of the season actually called the avatar state yeah it goes over like the kind of the details of the avatar state yeah right and we get we get more and more information as this season unfolds because the avatar state is going to be something crucial for Aang to master in order to defeat the fire nation yeah because it's it's how he the avatar is as powerful as they are is because of the avatar state which you know uh one of the things i noticed on the rewatch is roku uh, addresses it as a defense mechanism he what? Sorry. Uh, he uses it. He calls it a defensive. Yeah, uh, mechanism. It's, a, it's a defense mechanism yeah. in case you're overwhelmed. Yeah. Um, you're able to tap into all the knowledge that previous avatars have had. Yeah. So you're all like, if if let's say you had an avatar who was an incredible earthbender. I mean, that's their natural bending. Yeah. You know, you are, you would be able to tap into. You'd be able that. to tap into that something like Kyoshi or the fire bending of Roku. Well, yeah, because I mean, when Aang initially left the the air temple to, you know, run away. Like you see in book one, he didn't know any water bending, but then when he, you know, got lost in the storm and then fell into the ocean, he, uh, used the avatar state, froze himself and Appa, even though he didn't even know right. any water bending. It was like second, it was like a second nature type exactly, of thing. Where yeah. He was in, his life was in danger and he kicked it on. Mm-hmm. Now he's going to, go through this journey of figuring out how to tap into that where it's not just a defense mechanism, yeah. but he can use it at will instead of it just kicking in like, like, uh, like it did in the, the, the episode where he froze himself, you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, so within that, so the avatar state, yeah, like we, we, we talked before has, has seven chakras or, or seven, uh, chakras you have to unlock within you starting at the base of your spine, starting with earth. Yeah. Uh, and earth kind of represents, and deals with uh, survival, and it's blocked by fear. Yeah, and it's all, I mean, basically they're all about, like, uh, specific, like, you know, uh, character qualities or character fundamentals here, you know? So, like, things that, you know, uh, 
might weigh on your mind, like psychologically, like, you know, right. fear, attachment, you know. Yeah, I'm going to go through shame, all of them yeah, too. Yeah, shame, yeah. But yeah, so with Earth, the Earth chakra that he has to unlock, and he, we see this way later in the season with uh, Guru Patik, uh, but he has to be able to uh, let go of the fear he has yeah. in order to unlock this chakra. He has to unlock all of them in order to be able to tap into the avatar state at will. Yep. The next would be the water chakra, uh, which has to do with pleasure and is blocked by guilt. So, and, and this I think was big for Aang to be able to let go of this because he does feel guilty for being gone for a hundred years. Yeah, no, I mean we had like uh, we had like an entire episode dedicated to that, like in uh, book one. Here. Yeah, and then we have the fire chakra, which represents willpower and is blocked by shame, which, located in the stomach. Which it was. Correct me if I'm wrong, but that was uh, when he uh, fire tried firebending for yeah, the first time. And he burned Katara. Burned Katara. Yeah. Then we have the air chakra, which uh, has to do with love and is blocked by grief and that just, you know, the death of all his friends and family, right? all that stuff. So then it's the sound chakra, which uh, is about truth and is blocked by lies. Mm-hmm. Uh, light chakra, which is about insight and blocked by illusion. Uh, the thought chakra, which is the pure cosmic uh, energy. Mm-hmm. And then it's, it's blocked by earthly attachments. And we'll get to that later, but... You know, that's what you have to, you know, give up is those earthly attachments in order to go into this avatar state and have control over it. So, so why don't we get into like uh, the characters here and specifically, let's talk about at least starting out the characters that we were introduced in book one and like, you know, how have they changed uh, through this uh, uh, book two, basically this season? Yeah. You know, start with the avatar himself. eh? I mean, you gotta, I mean, but I mean, obviously, becomes an earthbender. Yep. You know, he actually grows more in uh, in his combat ability. Uh, uh, this season, I think, definitely highlights his attachment to Appa. Oh yeah, big time. Uh, because I mean, there's that one part where uh, I think it's the episode, the chase, where they're being chased by uh, Azula. Azula and her uh, gang, yep. and then Man, And basically, the reason why is because Appa is shedding, and they're following uh, his trail of yeah. like, fur that he's shedding. And then Toph points that out, and Ang gets like super defensive, yeah. like just like that, like yeah, doesn't even like even though that was what was happening, he he still like basically tells <clears throat> Toph off, and yeah, yeah, I think. Uh, He's still that fun-loving kid. Oh, he still is. Uh, he's a, but he has grown up. He's a bit more serious now, especially after his, you know, run-ins with the Fire Nation from Book One, yeah. Season One. Well, uh, you know, he goes aggro when he loses something. I'm not going to talk about what that is right now. We'll talk about it later. But he goes. You see him go yeah. off in this season. No, I mean, there's a point uh, where I thought like, if if somebody didn't intervene he would have killed a certain group of people here. Oh, big time. Yeah. So, I just think he's more conflicted this season. A little bit. I mean, yeah, no, most definitely toward, definitely towards the end when he uh, is trying to learn, uh, master the Avatar state. And, yeah. you know, even... Even earthbending, though. Even earthbending and even, like, just how to deal with something like, you know, not letting uh, the world just kind of, like, get to you, like you become jaded, you start caring less about things or, yeah. you know, what have you. Because there's even, like, an episode that's kind of revolving around that idea where he's, uh, you know, becoming more jaded because he lost Appa here or whatnot. Yeah. But, 
Um, Spoilers. Yeah. But, and yeah, I mean, you know, he, he almost completely lets go of his uh, feelings for Katara uh, by, by the end of the season to like master the Avatar. He has for that, to, yeah. For that earthly attachment that we were talking about. And so, so I mean, I think you see him as he's uh, like in book one, he was wrestling with the idea of responsibility as mm-hmm. to like, should I be the avatar? Like what happens if I'm not blah, blah, blah. And this episode, uh, in this, uh, season, you see him like actually be more committed to the idea of like doing what it takes here. Because I mean, first, uh, episode <sighs> of the season is him actually trying to like get the avatar state down. That way he could actually fight, uh, the fire Lord. Here. Right. And then by the end of it, it's him like actually willing to make a sacrifice so he can protect the people that he cares about here. Hmm. Yeah. So, but you got anything else for Aang or not really? All right. I'll, we'll talk about more when it comes to the episode sure, breakdown. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, let's talk about Zuko because here's the thing. Uh, Aang and Zuko, they are the two main characters of this show here. Yeah. I mean, it's very apparent this season too, that Zuko is, the yin to yang of Aang. Exactly. Yeah. Did you? Yep. But, um, uh, <laughs> but, uh, no, I mean, different, uh, contacts that we're seeing, uh, Zuko in just because now he is a man on the run. Like yep. basically he is, uh, in hiding, he's in hiding. He's branded an outlaw, uh, by the fire nation. So basically the one place that he was you know, <clears throat> completely committed to like, uh, serving to bring back his honor now has not wants nothing to do with him. Wants to hunt him down and either imprison imprison him or dispose of him. Right. Um, I would say that if I had to think of a word for Zuko this season is metamorphosis. Yeah, he goes through so much change. He does. Yes. Not only in hairstyle. Yeah, yeah most definitely in hairstyle. But because uh, you see him go from uh, he Just cuts like, off his ponytail at the beginning of. Uh, yeah. was it the beginning of this season or the end of last season? I think it was the beginning of this beginning season. Beginning of this one, yeah. He shaves his head basically bald, and then over by the end of it, it's kind of shaggy. So you can see a lot of time has passed, but yeah, um, yeah, he he has the most most growth again out of any character. I feel like this Me, season, most most definitely, but it's also huge setup for yeah. the future. You know, yeah, moments of growth. Uh, sorry, excuse me. Moments of growth, but regression as well here. But, I don't know if I would call it regression. I mean, to he's s- just dealing with his his uh, demons. You know, like right. It's not a linear path to gr- like growth. Isn't a linear path. It, it's not. But I'm. But in terms of uh, but in terms of like where he ends like the season at here, he's definitely kind of regressing back into like how he used to think or how he used to act here, even though like deep down something has changed in him. We just don't get to see that quite. Really yeah. Manifest. You don't get to see it played out for a while. Yeah. But, um, but one of the things that I think they really did a good job in terms of like really selling, uh, the redemption arc of like Zuko or potential redemption arc, you know, no spoilers for, uh, people who haven't seen, uh, uh, season three yet, but, uh, is he actually gets to see up close what the Fire Nation has done to the rest of the world here? So like, there's a uh, it's early on in the in the this season, uh, but he has that part where he's like staying with that family, yeah, that's uh taking care of him. Yeah, we'll talk about it and all that. But yeah, it's but no, it's it's a great one. Um, 
And, you know, he also gets to learn to redirect lightning, so he kind of grows more as a bender himself. So, yeah, no, I think... I mean, you see him use some crazy stuff you didn't see him use before, like the fire whips and stuff like that. And, yeah, it just kind of goes off in a lot of the fight scenes. Yeah. And and, uh, just the other thing uh, I want to point out is, like, so he's unable to learn lightning bending, which... Uh, because of his inner turmoil right because like yeah. he he has like that uh, he has like yeah that inner, inner turmoil not sure of like how to deal with certain things you know wrestling with you know things inside himself so yeah yeah and i mean he gets a lot of backstory this season too with he, flashbacks he and does, stuff like yeah. that we learn a lot more about his mom and their relationship a lot, lot more fleshed out yeah yeah all right, so yeah, uh, let's talk about Katara and Sokka a little bit. Uh, I mean, there's not a lot to say about Katara. I feel like she's a very stagnant character when it comes to like her growth as a person. She's growing as a waterbender, yeah. for sure. She's still motherly to Team Avatar. That's right. her role, kind of. I, I would say like in this... Um, next season, she grows a lot. Yeah, no, n- next season, you get a lot more growth. I mean, even in uh, book one, I feel like she did grow. <clears throat> she I did. Mean, just not like Zuko or Aang no. growth here, but uh, but I do feel like in this uh, season she does evolve more into that the mo- the mom role of the group. yeah oh, big time especially when you have like Toph yeah there different and, style of teacher she doesn't really agree with the way she does things mm-hmm. and so and then uh, and you know she tends to be the mature one out of the group most of the time now it's yeah like, almost too mature almost yeah. yeah. Where she's kind of like the buzz which tough tough in her butt heads a lot yep. because of that. Yep, they do. Uh, so Sokka, I think he's grown a lot this season too. Yeah, I mean he's a. Uh, I mean, by and large, I mean he's still Sokka. He's still comedic effect. Yeah, he's still comedic effect. Um, which, in this season, what has one of my favorite lines done by him, and I'll talk about that a little bit later. Okay, but. Uh, but I think like he is carrying more baggage, and you see that with like him not being able to protect uh, UA from uh, right from uh, the last season and all that. And so, oh, definitely. I mean, and you know, there's. I mean, it's not like a constant thing where he quickly forgets. Yeah, no. He, Once Suki shows up, yeah, Kyoshi Warriors. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, granted, like him and UA weren't dating very no, long. No, no, no. So I mean, it's kind of like you know what shit, it. Yeah, what I do like about Sokka is there's a continuing, because uh, he's pretty pessimistic season one. He's pretty jaded. And also very skeptical because it, he was even talking about like the Avatar not even existing at some points here or like not even understanding like, you know, being able to communicate with like the previous Avatars or right. like Avatar and states and all of that he's, stuff. He's made like this declaration almost and you continually hear him talk about it of him trying to be more positive yeah. this season. And he, he does try to be. Like yeah. that is that is something he was working on really hard. Yeah, we're really good to see him shine in a few episodes. I think, uh, especially something uh, the episode the library, uh, where he you get to see kind of his desire to really uh, lead the charge against the Fire Nation. Well, right, because like the beginning of that episode, I mean, we'll get into probably more specifics uh, later, but. Uh, I think it's something that probably flies under the radar on that episode is everybody else wanted to do like a vacation where yeah. they were just kind of messing around doing their own thing. He was like saying like, Hey, for my vacation, I want to go to this mystical library that has secrets on the fire nation. That way we can actually, I don't know, do Be our it. job. Yeah, exactly. And he's the one that disguise discovers the day of black sun. Yep. 
so yeah, we get to see that in that episode. But you know, uh, I I I I like Sokka's arc a lot. I think it's a it's a pretty cool arc. Yeah, and not even just this one, but the future you know, season three and all that. Yeah. Uh, and now let's talk about your favorite character, Iroh. Yeah, Iroh. So I mean, not. Not a ton for Iroh because, I mean, Iroh is pretty much the same by and large, uh, the same guy in terms of like character wise, but you do learn that there's more to him than you previously thought here because you thought he was just like me, like kind of insane, like a little kooky, a little off, kind of a little kooky, a little off, but like not very committed to like the idea of like an uh, forwarding like the fire nations uh, conquest. And you kind of get a little bit more of an idea why, because he's part of the white Lotus and he has been for this entire time here. So it kind of alludes to the idea that maybe Iroh has like some allegiances somewhere else, not just to the fire nation. Oh, and you see that play out at the end of the season. hundred oh, percent. Oh, you must certainly do. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. But, uh, so for Iroh, still a fortune cookie, you know, yep, for the still most part. Fortune cookie, he's yeah. he's very he's he's more you see a lot more irritated Iroh in this season, especially when it comes to Zuko. Well, you also see him like get like straight up confrontational here where he like Yeah, he's like, You don't think things through. Yeah, where you need to figure this out. Yeah, where I mean Or you're never gonna learn. Well, because like the majority of uh of his interaction with Zuko is him trying to like lighten the mood, be positive, kind of, you know, give Zuko like an idea of like, Hey man, you're letting life pass you by. You need to enjoy the little things type of thing. And, you know, but like there are specific parts in this season. It's like, like this is, this is a do or die situation. You need to make this choice right now and you better make the right choice essentially. Yeah. Uh, we, we, he's a, he's a businessman. Oh yeah. No, he, he opens a tea shop. He opens a tea shop. Yeah. I mean, uh, no, nah, just, uh, and yeah, I mean, just shows that he's actually good at making tea to the point where it's just like, you know, we didn't really get to see like, okay, what's the level of Iroh's tea making skills in like the it's pretty legit. first book. I mean, yeah, he's able to get the best tea restaurant in Ba Sing Se, yep. here, you know? And we get to see more of just kind of what a skilled bender he is. We get to see more of the Dragon of the West. Yep. If you want to call him that. Yep. Uh, and even that scene where he goes, you want to know why they call me the Dragon of the West? And he sips that tea in and just breathes fire out. Yep. Uh, and I can't wait for season three when he just becomes a beast. Yeah. Uh, anyway, how about uh, that blind bandit? That blind bandit. So, yeah, well, let's get into some of the new characters. Uh from the season. So tough. So snotty rich kid, at least that's how you pretty much are introduced. I would to say her. spunky. I mean, definitely spunky. Yeah. But I mean, she, she's definitely snotty. Let's I see. would say she's snotty, but she's not a snotty rich kid. She is rich, but she's not a, like when I hear snotty rich kid, it's like, Oh, I'm better than you. Cause I'm rich. She doesn't think that way at all. No, that is true. Yeah. Um, but, uh, master Earthbender. I mean, Oh, she's a prodigy big time. Big yeah. time. Yeah. You know, events, a new style of bending like we just uh, mentioned. And she has like a very, very strong uh, need and desire for independence here. Yeah. Because pretty much her whole life, she's just been putting on this facade of just being this helpless blind girl. Yeah. And her parents have treated her that way. That's why she's, uh, you know, doing earth bending in secret. And, you know, one says, uh, 
you know, they do find out that she is who she actually is a master earthbender. They still don't give her the independence or give her the respect that she deserves. Due. Yeah. So mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, and learns, you know, she's very abrasive. Yeah. You know, I mean, she, she doesn't pull she's any punches. She's, just, just like earthbending. Yeah, though. She does. She, she, she very does, much represents. She's that. not afraid to tell you how things are or like what she thinks of you, all this other stuff here. And you know, she learns she's a, direct. Yeah. She learns to be a little less of a brat along the way. Yeah. I mean, you know, she kind of learns to actually uh, be, become something uh, bigger than herself here, essentially, mm-hmm. and, like, become, understand more of, like, an idea of, like, you know, what it means to, like, uh, be, a, be a part of a team. Totally. Yeah. Uh, if I had a word to describe Toph, it'd be spunk. Yeah. No, I would, I mean, that is accurate. Yeah. Very accurate. Yeah. Earthbending prodigy, like you said, uh, world's first metal bender. Yep. Uh, she's blind, obviously. For those of you who don't know, she's blind. Yep. Uh, and there's a lot of comedy that even revolves around that through the season. Like yep. when they're flying on Oppa and they're like, oh, hey, look. And then she's well, like, yeah, when they're, they're like, what, where? And she's like, that's what it's going to sound like when we find it. Yeah, and she kind of waves her hand in front of her eyes. She's like, she's because she's blind. Well, yeah, no, because she does have, she does have some uh, zingers with the uh, blind jokes. Like there's that one point where like, uh, I think they were tunneling underground uh, for something. And then Sokka's like, oh, I can't see anything. It's like, and Toph's like, oh, really? What a nightmare here. Yeah. Uh, she has a similar sense to Daredevil, like where she can actually see stuff through like feel, like sonar almost. Yeah, exactly. Um, she feels vibrations. That's her sight. She feels she can see through her feet is what she says. Yeah. Um, she starts off as a WWE superstar. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, Earth Rumble 6 is where we, we find her in the episode The Blind Bandit. Yep. Where she's fighting characters that are very similar, like uh, oh, the Macho bold, Man Randy Savage the bolder, slash The Boulder the is The Rock, yeah. The Rock mixed with Macho Man Randy Savage, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah like you said, wants to be super independent because she grew up as this helpless blind girl and had that facade, and she's definitely not that. Yeah. Uh, and a little fun fact, she's she was not originally supposed to be Aang's earthbending teacher. Who was? The Boulder. The Boulder was? A character like the Boulder, at least. Okay. When they were writing season two, they had a character that was similar to the Boulder. It was a male. And then they switched it to a female who was blind. Hmm. Um, so just a little fun tidbit that that was kind of the route they were going until they decided to switch it up. Yeah. Which I'm glad they did. Yeah, no, I think it I think it serves the story better, and I think it also develops the world better as well. Yeah. So... All right, so uh, next up on the list, uh, the pretty much the main villain of this season, mm-hmm. Azula. Yep. Yeah. So um, cold and calculated is basically what I, if I had to really describe her in like one sentence, that'd be it here for the most part. I would say insane. I mean. Or crazy. I would. She has zero empathy. She, no, that, she doesn't understand Zero that. empathy, but. In terms of like really like seeing like that psychotic side bubble to the surface. Psychotic is a word. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good word. I feel like that that doesn't happen until like uh the next season because right now, like she's just being portrayed as like just just straight up evil here. Yeah, for the most pretty part. much. Pretty but much. Very devious, always knows how to like manipulate uh something in order to like um uh, you know, get the best situation or the best understanding or the best advantage on something. Uh, always striving for per- uh, perfection, which is something that comes uh, back to 
really uh, just mess with her head later on here, but and loves to uh, torment Zuko. And, oh, oh, and her friends. And her friends, yeah. Because you get a lot of flashbacks when they're little. And so her and, the, and she has two friends that come into the fold later. Yeah. Tylee and, and May. Yeah. And they have been around each other for a long time. Oh, yeah. Well, but Zuko especially just because Zuko, yeah. I think, had the one thing that she always wanted that uh, she could never get, which was like her uh, mother's approval. Here, right. Whereas Zuko, you know, took more uh, after his mom, mm-hmm. whereas like Azula uh, took more after her, her dad. dad. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I, but a uh, very definition of a raging busy here. Like she's cray cray. Yeah, uh, yeah. She's prodigy firebender crazy. She has the gusto to be a truly even more terrifying fire lord than Ozai. Very much so. Yes. So. I mean, like if if we got to the point where like it was like, well, there's a, there's that great part where they're talking about like uh, Iroh and uh, uh, Zuko. Were, trying to figure out like what to do on the run. They're like, we could go to bossing say, but they, they'll probably kill us because if they find out who we are, yeah. Oh yeah. Or we could get captured by Azula. Azula. Like bossing say it is. Yeah. Yeah. They're going to take their chances there. Yeah. Uh, and I guess real quick, we could talk about Tylee in in May. Yeah. Uh, Tylee is kind of the, the fun loving carefree circus performer. And she has a really cool, yeah. style of martial arts where she can block people's bending by hitting their pressure points. Yeah, basically chi blocking here mm-hmm. for the most part. And yeah, no, very... Which that comes up in later seasons. It does, yes. Well, not later... Se- continuation season, so Korra. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, but no, it's a... Um, no, and she's very... Uh, she's very like, you know, kind of... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Just... It seems like very oblivious. She's oblivious, Yeah. yeah. She might not even understand why she's doing what she's doing, but she's loyal, very loyal to Azula. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and then you have Mai, who's very quiet. Uh, I, I wrote down the April Ludgate of the group. Which is kind of funny because and we do have Aubrey Plaza playing... Uh, a different character. A different character. In season Korra, two of Korra, yeah, I think. But, but no, she is 100%. Like That is an accurate uh, description of that. Um, and she likes to throw knives at people. She has the hots for Zuko. Yeah, which... Uh, interesting, uh, thing because I was watching some videos about like kind of, uh, uh, some of the comics that, that take place after it. And yeah, it me too. Of, yeah. It goes into like my, in terms of like how she got so good at like throwing like, uh, you know, bladed weapons and knives and stuff. It's basically because she was just bored, like, uh, in her room, like most days. So she just started throwing things at the wall, got pretty good at it after, you know, Five million repetition times. yeah, yeah that's then, what it is and then the rest was history yeah so i got a couple of side characters more side characters to talk about only because they continue to make an impact in the show yeah throughout the the whole series one being boomy uh i mean he was supposed to they were really banking on boomy to be his earthbending teacher right and he doesn't yeah. want to at least we get that vibe he says he can't. Basically, you need to find someone. Yeah, which I'll, 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 I have some. We'll talk about that, that later. Oh, yeah, well. Then we got Jet, who comes back. Won't say anything more about that, but he's back in the fold. Yep. Uh, he's changed a little, maybe, maybe. Uh, I mean, well, yeah, yeah, I'd say so. We got Suki, mm-hmm. the love interest of so- of Sokka. Yep. Uh, we have Guru Patik, which uh, personal friend of Monk Yatsu. So he's hundred and probably. At least 120 years old. Oh, at say. least, yeah, no, for sure. I mean, it's that banana and onion pudding. I guess it's pretty ripped up about, too. Yeah. Uh, Hakoda, which is Katara and Sokka's dad, were finally introduced to him. Yep. 
And and then I mean that's about it I think for like the notable side characters. I mean other than like maybe Fei Long or Long Feng, however. Yeah, Long. Yeah, the the villain, the side villain kind of it. Well, and we could talk about that more as the episodes go on. Yeah. But he's not he's not anything more than just a, a jerk who wants to run a, a control freak essentially. Essentially, yeah. I mean he. He's not only controlling the city physically, but he's also controlling the information. Totally. And how, like, the message of certain things or what things are talked about. A lot about of in the propagated city. stuff coming Very out much of so, yes. Uh, so, real quick, I want to talk about the voice actor uh, who plays Azula. Yeah. Gray Griffin, huge, huge. You, you might have noticed her voice. Long list of voice acting. She's Catwoman in the Arkham games. She's Daphne in Scooby Doo. She's played Captain Marvel. She plays Katana in Mortal Kombat. Liz is gigantic, great voice actress, but uh, and just cool performance from her. I really like Azula's uh, like I like I like the voice acting that comes with Azula. I guess. Yeah, no, I definitely th- she did a banger job with Azula for sure. All right, let's talk about them notable episodes. Yeah, uh, we got to start with episode one. Gotta, I mean, titled the Avatar State. Yeah. So we get the setup for the season really with this episode, the foreshadowing everything. Yeah. Uh, a huge part of the season is discovering more about the Avatar state. Correct, yes. Uh, that's yeah. the only reason I mentioned that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, this is a great way to start off the season. I mean, waste no no time kicking things off. Get right off. into it. Um, you know, and also, very important episode for Iroh and Zuko because this is where they find out that they are essentially uh, – not not banished anymore, but they are considered criminals. They're by, fugitives. They're fugitives yeah. by the Fire Nation, and so you know you Traitors. have you also get the introduction to Azula, and also you get to see uh, lightning bending. I think for the first time, like actual yeah. like somebody using it and not just redirecting it. Right. Yep. Yeah. Straight up creating it. Yep. Uh, so then we're gonna uh, uh, at least I have episode two on there, Cave of Two Lovers, only because. Uh, we get to learn about the first Earthbenders. We do, and then uh, I gotta say, Sokka in this episode is the most relatable he has been. I to think me. he's supposed to be the audience, going like, "Come on, man!" Yeah, like I, there's like these hippies and stuff like that in this episode that, that are just, just like, like just making some pretty uh, significant gaps in logic. There isn't any, exactly. Yeah. So it's just like the and like Sokka by and large is a pretty pragmatic, logical yeah. guy yeah. here, so. Just like having him deal with that, like that was great. And then, oh yeah. But uh, one of the significant things about this episode is uh, Zuko basically uh, goes and hangs out with this uh, uh, Earth Kingdom family because uh, Iroh is like essentially sick here, and so they take care of him. They f- uh, nurture, er, patch uh, him up, patch him up, nurture him back to health, and all mm-hmm. that. And so they have dinner with them, and he gets a, actually learn a lot more about what the fire nation has done totally to this family. Like, you know, and I mean, it also, but it also ends with him, like still showing that he is still not a good guy. Yeah. Yeah, He's still, he steals like their uh, ostrich horse, ostrich horse at the end. And then, you know, and essentially the episode uh, ends with um, uh, Omashu under siege because the reason why they were going through, these tunnels that were created by the badger moles was because they needed to get to Omashu here mm-hmm. so they can go and uh, learn uh, earthbending from Boom uh, from Boomi, basically. Yeah, it's pretty cool that, I mean, just like 
uh, a lot of martial arts are rooted in, in animal movements. Uh, even the bending are yeah. rooted in animal movements. So you have the air bison, bison the sky bison head. that are air bending. You have the dragons that are fire, fire bending. bending. Yep. The badger moles that are uh, earth bending, and then water bending. I I, th- I don't know what I it mean, is. They, the water think, spirits. I don't know. Yeah, I think so. The moon, because, I guess. Because they, they learn from the moon. Yeah, yeah that's they, right. Yeah. The push and pull of the moon. Yep. So, but but basically, uh, we get to see kind of more. Uh, I mean, we get that love story with Oma and Chu, and that's where they came together to form Omashu, the city. Right. But yeah, you get to learn like the badger moles are the first benders and you're like oh that's that's kind of interesting information yeah like, no it is uh kind of yeah it builds more lore and all that yeah. yeah i'm trying to think to the episode way in cora when we meet the first avatar though uh if that contradicts it at all i can't remember oh anyway we'll, we'll yeah. come to that when when we come to that but yeah. uh episode three return to omashu yeah so uh, so you get like a lot of things going on in this episode. I mean, you get the intro to Ty Lee. Yep. You, you also get the intro to Mai. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then essentially like the setup for this episode is Boomy surrendered Omashu to the fire nation when they were at their gates. And now Boomy's like nowhere to be seen and an underground resistance is forming in his stead here. Yeah. And initially the reason they're going to Omashu is because they want Boomy to be Aang's earthbending teacher. Right. And which here's the thing. I got some issues with that. So <clears throat> I know that they talked about like, there's supposed to be an order to like, you know how the avatar is supposed to learn the elements and t- depending on like which, uh, which, uh, you know, nation or which, uh, element you are born with here. Mm-hmm. That being said, I think all of that goes out the window when you have, uh, the one uh, episode with uh, him learning the firebending in episode or in book one, because even though that is the episode where it's stated that there's supposed to be an order to like the actual, like uh, learning of the, of the elements here, mm-hmm. avatar Roku showed up to Zhang Zhang and told him, you will teach the avatar uh, firebending here. So how does that work here? Like what? Like if there if there's supposed to be a natural order to this, why would Roku show up and tell him that? And then why wouldn't he uh, learn earth bending from Boomy the first go around? That seems like that would have been like a probably a really good opportunity to get an earth bending teacher right then and there. I mean, I think they were just trying, kind of following. I mean, there was uh, the story. Yeah, it's called water. It's not earth bending. No, I under I understand that here. I just think it's just uh for like a a series that is so well written like Avatar. I think this is like just one of the instances where the writing just was not completely there here, to be honest. I don't know about that. I think that the reason Aang didn't learn firebending either was because there was so stuff he had to learn as a person in order sure. to be able to control it. Uh, and I, I think it was just, you know, Roku obviously knew if Aang were to learn firebending, it was going to turn out well and he'd move on, you know, yeah. like, uh, there's a reason there's an order that they learn it in. But, um, and I think this was his biggest challenge as far as learning bending. Oh no, for because sure. It was, it's the, it's the opposite, like fire and water opposites, earth and air opposites. Sure. Uh, right. and we see that played out through this whole season. You know, we get the twinkle toes references. Yep, exactly. Uh, but anyway, well, yeah. Uh, and then even in Korra, it's like, uh, 
air bending's what's tough for her just because she has to be more fluid, like, you know, less headstrong about things here. Yeah. But, but um yeah, I mean, well, and then also like in this episode, it's like uh they have uh they have Boomy, like, you know, explain, like, the conditions of his surrender about, like, talking about different kinds of gin and stuff like that, about, like, uh, you know, there's a neutral gin where you just do absolutely nothing and you wait. And so you kind of get introduced to the idea of, like, you know, what Aang needs to look for in an earthbending teacher. I still think it's, like, kind of like a garbage reason they explain, like, oh, yeah, this is the reason why I surrendered was because of uh, this uh, Eastern philosophy that most people kids or uh western audiences would not understand here well i don't even think it's that i think he was kind of uh talking about there's a time to fight and there's a time to there's a time to retreat and there's a time to just be yeah and he was waiting for the opportunity to because i mean what's he going to do against the fire nation i mean he's not gonna do anything i mean and you know that's the thing is like i think i think that is essentially what they were trying to go with i just don't think it was explained well no i get it so uh yeah, and Boomy says you need to find a teacher who waits and listens. Yeah, and he does. He finds Toph. Yeah. Also, Mai's like in this episode, like uh, essentially they accidentally kidnap Mai's little brother, and she's actually kind of a busy when it comes to like saving her brother. She's like, yeah, sure, I guess you can still keep them hostage when they're working out the oh the, the deal, go- yeah. yeah, the negotiation for Boomy for the brother and all yeah. that, and then, uh, and then also, I like how they basically manufacture the coronavirus to get like all the citizens out oh of yeah a mashu here yeah the what was it like they had like the, those little, little like uh, octopus uh, yeah. squids or something like that that would like leave uh spots on you yeah spots on you yeah but uh no zuko this episode at all yeah yeah and then we got uh episode four mm-hmm. the swamp yeah just because talking about the you know the swamp was very spiritual in the sense of uh, there would be visions you would have while you're in this swamp. We learned about the swamp style of, of water bending. Uh, first look at Toph in Aang's yeah. vision. Yeah, first look at Toph. You also get to see, uh, you know, Katara's mo- uh, mother, like kind of like in a vision. Yeah, in a vision. You also get to see UA again, kind of see- seeing, um, you know, what kind of baggage like Katara and Sokka are carrying and all that. Yeah, but yeah, and then. Um, and then uh, Avatar. Well, also at, by the end of it, we get uh, Zuko coming back as the Blue Spirit. Which, yeah, uh, one of the things I learned uh, just over the weekend here is like the Blue Spirit mask apparently was uh, uh, came from uh, Three Ninjas. No, it actually came from uh, uh, Zuko's mom because oh. she used to be a part of like a of like a theater uh, like thing or whatever she was an actress she was an actress and they had they had like a bunch of different masks and so she kept one of those masks as a souvenir from her old life basically Hmm. but yeah that's cool yeah nice so So, you saying episode five uh yeah avatar day go for it so so this is kind of like a uh a nice uh a pretty cool episode just because it gives you more backstory on kiyoshi and like terms of what she did but it also shows that not everybody's a big fan of the avatar. You know, you right. have like this whole village that revered this, essentially this dictator that was trying to conquer, uh, you know, these areas here And Kyoshi basically put a stop to it and created Kyoshi Island, literally earth bended 
a landmass and yep. use yep. air bending to push it away Somehow. to form Kyoshi Island. Somehow I mean, she did that. Yeah. So good I mean, for her. Yeah. Good for her. Also, uh, you know, you, you, you got like that part where like, uh, Aang is uh, bonding with like the inmates because he's in jail and stuff like that, which is great because I mean, he's just, a bald guy with tattoos, just like everybody else in jail here. You it's know? true. But I love how they get all emotional on it. Yep. Um, and then, uh, Appa basically becomes the fast travel. Uh, yeah. You're quick uh, traveling at that th- point. Yeah. Because like in this episode, they literally go to like all these different places, like uh Sokka and Katara to like do some investigating here. So they go to Kiyoshi Island. They go to, uh, some other place I forget. Exactly How long did where. it take him to get to the northern air t- the northern tribe? It took him like all season. Like I know, but season. how long was it supposed to be? Was I, it like a couple weeks I, or I, months? I don't. I don't, I don't know, but it's like okay. Comment below if you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and then uh, episode six. Yeah, blind bandit. Blind bandit. So intro to Toph. We basically get. Uh, this underground earth bending tournament that essentially is WWE. Yeah. I mean, you know, got crazy characters, uh, you know, basically uh, uh, hyping themselves up and all that. And this one guy, the boulder, you think he's going to be, uh, you think he's going to be like, you know, the man, he's going to be the champion. He's going to be essentially Aang's earth bending teacher. Turns out he's not because he got bested by a blind little 12-year-old here. And by the way, if they do not cast The Rock as the boulder in the live-action uh, Netflix series that is supposed to come out someday, right? there will be hell to pay. That's all I got to say. I, I mean, I don't think they will, but he's too big of an actor. Maybe Hakoda or something. But uh, Season two and three. Yeah, but... But no, you also get to see like uh, just kind of uh, a nice, good like you know introduction to Toph and like basically you know she she has her parents who are overbearing, who are overprotective. She wants independence, and so that spurs her to like run away with Team Avatar. You know, teach Aang earthbending, all that good stuff. Yeah. So, uh, I love Sokka in this episode. I think he has a lot of good good like funny lines well, yeah he's getting like su- super into the pro oh he's so that. he's all about it yeah, yeah it's awesome You're like okay he would be the guy that's into he, wwe he would be um yeah so we're introduced to blind bandit we see how she sees the kind of that sonar where it kind of goes gray and there's like these uh sound waves that go out right and yeah. you kind of see how she sees and uh she ends up fighting ang in the ring because they're like hey well, cash prize for anyone who beats uh, the blind bandit, and he's like, "I'll fight her," yeah, because he wants to talk to her, basically. And she nicknames him Twinkle Toes because it's hard for her to pick up where he's at because he's an Earthbender, and so he's kind of floating. Well, Airbender, or sorry, Earthbender, yeah, Airbender. He's there all the go. benders. He's the Avatar, yeah. But yeah, he's an Airbender, so he kind of floats like he's very light on his well, feet. Well, he's he's not he's not making any like vibrations on the ground here or any like, you know, or if they're other slight. Yeah. Like very slight. So, I mean, she's not able to pick him up as, uh, she would like anybody else who's like, you know, rooted to the ground here. Right. Uh, Excuse me. Uh, like a lot of earthbenders are, she's part, she's used to fighting earthbenders. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, they there's a little back and forth between Toph and, and, and Aang. And one of my favorite scenes is earlier than this, 
they're trying to figure out where this uh, Earth Rumble Six is. Yeah. Uh, and Katara's had a run in with these boys. She froze them to get the information. She comes back to him and goes, uh, uh, "I've got my eyes on you." And Sokka goes, "What a tribe!" When he's leaving. Yep. Probably the best line in all of Avatar. If you guys want to go back and watch that, like. Sokka's just representing Water Tribe, basically. Like, yep, like a gang. Yeah, pretty much. It's hilarious. It is pretty funny. Uh, yeah, and then we just get to see how she lives a dual life. She's a rich, very, very wealthy, if not the most wealthiest, one of the most wealthiest families in the Earth Kingdom. Yep. Uh, and she has attendants all the time with her, and uh, you know, Master Yu is her teacher, who's the Earth, like the school, the Earth school in town, and. He's like, yep, just keeping it her with basic forms and technique, and I, that's it. I really like how they made Master Yu like your typical like karate instructor. That yeah, is like, oh yeah, you gotta pay this much, and you'll get these lessons, and blah blah blah, and all that. It's just like, okay, You're like come on now. That's yeah. why it didn't work for Aang because he was enrolled at the school for a second. He got like a free lesson. Yeah, or whatever. yeah, he was in the kids' class. Yep, <laughs> he's a kid. Yeah, but. He was like with five year olds. I know. Yeah. Well, that's because most of the guys who probably are earth were earth bending are a lot older and, and more advanced. Yeah, probably. So. Or the, if they're the same age, they're more advanced. They're not beginners. Yeah. Uh, I love the dinner table conversation yeah. that they have with, cause Aang and the gang come over, like they kind of invite themselves over like, Hey, I'm the avatar. We need to talk. Yeah. Uh, and he's like basically dropping hints about uh tough being a master earthbender and her parents are like she's doesn't know anything she's helpless she's blind she doesn't she yeah. doesn't know that stuff yeah they're completely oblivious yeah. to it or, yeah and then eventually she steps in basically you know uh when her and Aang get captured by the all the wrestlers basically think that they were in on it together and that Aang's prize money uh they just took because she knew him or something like that basically yeah they th- yeah, they thought that uh, Toph intentionally threw yeah. the match between Aang and Toph here. So Shin Fu, who was like the runner of the WWE, like the announcer guy, and the boulder capture them. Yep. Uh, and then they won't let Aang go after letting Toph go, so they give him the money back, and then they let Toph go back but, to her family. But they want the... But the, they want the mon- big money for the Avatars. Yeah. They're going to send them to the Fire Nation, which causes Qatar to go, hey, Toph, we need your help. They're not going to let him go. Yep. And she takes on all of them. Yep. And she like, kicks their butts. She's like, I beat y'all before. I'll just do it again. Yeah. Yep. But yeah, that's it for that episode, I think. Yeah. So moving on to like probably arguably like maybe the best episode of the season here. Mm-hmm. Zuko alone here. Yeah. So uh, very Western theme. And you really get to see a lot more Zuko backstory in this episode here. You get to see flashbacks between him and his mom kind of like. His mom being the, the the positive influence in his life. I don't know why it's flashing. Yeah, I oh, think it, weird. I think it might just split it. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. So anyway, uh, yeah, super defining episode dedicated to the further development of Zuko. Uh, Western samurai feel for sure. Yeah. Uh, the hungry traveler in the desert who finally catches a break. Yeah. Same. But not before he runs into trouble and has to save a kid who's egging these soldiers. Yeah. Uh, and so, uh, also gets to stay, uh, stay with a, uh, an earthbending farmer earth, family, earthbending farmer family that's come upon hard times and stuff like that. Very much like, uh, the old Western, uh, Shane, basically like gunslinger who yeah. like basically hangs out with the family for a little bit. Yeah. And it kind of humanizes them usually, Very you know, so, yeah. uh, 
So what happened basically was the the soldiers are just bullies. They're enforcers, and yeah. they they'd take from people. They're just jerks, straight up. Uh, so he helps the boy. The boy invites him. He's like, hey, uh, I'll help feed your ostrich, and you can get something to eat at my house. Basically, he takes him to his parents. Mm-hmm. Uh, his name's Lee. And then we get flashbacks of young Zuko uh, prompted at this time. Uh, we find out how insane Azula was even at a young age. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, like she asked questions like, if Uncle Iroh dies, dad would be Fire Lord, right? Yeah. And she's kind of excited about it. And it's yeah. just like, what? Like yeah. what kind of, she's, I don't know, six or seven maybe? Roughly, maybe yeah, o- Maybe a little there, older. Yeah. Uh, and we see a lot more of their mom. Uh, we see how close her and Zuko are. Yeah. And then we get a little bit of Tylee and Mai in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we get to see Zuko as kind of a teacher. Like we, we see him, the little boy kind of steals his swords and is out in the fields going crazy like any little boy would. Yeah. Just he's swinging him around. He's, he's like, like, you're doing it wrong. Let me teach you. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and he's kind of helping on the farm to kind of earn his keep because yeah. he doesn't want a handout basically. Yeah. Um, uh, we get to see King of Zulong. I guess. Yeah. We, Ozai and Iroh's dad. Yeah, we do. And we also get to see the events that essentially re- trigger uh, Zuko's mom to disappear, essentially, because, like, uh, what Azulon was going to do, because uh, Ozai was going to was going to his dad saying, hey, Iroh just lost his son. He failed at bossing say. He doesn't have an heir. Yeah, revoke he, his birthright. He is not, he is not he's not in the position to become Fire Lord. Make me Fire Lord. I have two kids here. We can pass on the line, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and then Azulon's like furious about it. It says, like, you know, maybe I should have you uh maybe I should have you uh give up your son. That way you know what uh your brother has lost here. Mm-hmm. So and um you know, essentially, I mean, we'll talk. Pro- we'll probably talk about it in our uh, book three uh, um, uh, throwback. But yeah, but basically, this is what triggers, uh, you know, Zuko's mom to essentially disappear. Yep. Yep. Um. Yeah, and so I think this is a really cool story, and this obviously furthers Zuko's redemption arc that he's supposedly on, mm-hmm. uh, where the so the bullies. Like the, the, the soldiers, soldiers yeah. they're not really soldiers, just jerks that hang out and protect the village. Yeah. They go back to uh, uh, the the family, basically, yeah, and say, t- hey, your son's the- been captured. Mm-hmm. And they're kind of joking about it in like a really cruel way, Yeah, which pisses off uh, their dad. And he's like, I'm going to go find him, basically. And so he leaves. And as soon as they leave, I think they come back and they take uh, Lee, the little boy. He's like who pulled a knife on him and, and the knife was given to him, him by, by Zuko, Zuko yeah. who was given to by well, Iroh. Iroh. Yep. Uh, it sounds confusing, but if you watch the episode, you'll understand a little bit better. Yeah. And uh, he pulls an FM. So they're like, Oh, if he's old enough to try to fight us, he's old enough to fight the fire nation. So they're yeah. going to take him too. And, and, like, and they have him like tied up in town. And basically Zuko f- finds this out by talking to the mom. Yeah. And is like, I'll get your son back. And yeah. he goes and basically owns all of them. Yep. But exposes himself. Exposes himself as a firebender here. So ultimately, like the family and the entire town that he kind of just spent time with all turn on him. They despise him after. Yeah, it's kind of a a good but sad episode, I feel like. Yeah. Um, Well, it's, it's, you know, it's kind of like really highlighting the, 
idea of like how hard it is to like actually redeem yourself because it's like you might be trying to do the right thing, but you also have uh, things that will like bring up your past or people who will not look over like what you are doing now, but what you did here. Yeah. And I think it also helps him to not run from who he is, but embrace it for yeah. the good or the bad. Yep. Because uh, he kind of declares who he is after when he starts firebending. Yeah. Yep. So. No, he does. What other episodes we got? I got episode eight only because of the Toph and Iroh connection. Yeah. So episode eight, the chase. Yep. Uh, well, and I, I think this is where you really see like Ang be protective of Appa, like I mentioned yeah. earlier here. But yeah, I mean, Toph meets Iroh. Uh, you, you really see more of like Toph, uh, ne- her need for independence. You get some dope action scenes in this. And then you also get essentially everybody doing a brief team up against Azula at the end here. Yeah. And then she manages to get away. But there's that part where like you almost think that, oh, okay, is Team Avatar actually going to join forces with Zuko and Iroh here and all that? But That's kind of teased throughout the whole season. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, then we got episode nine, Bitter Work. Yeah. Uh, very, this is where Aang starts with Earthbend. Yeah, very significant episode here. Um, basically, not only does Aang uh, learn an Earthbend, but Iroh teaches Zuko how to redirect lightning and you know, kind of breaks down the fundamentals of uh, lightning bending, basically tells them like, you can't lightning bend because you're conflicted inside here. So because you can't do that, I'll teach you how to redirect the lightning here. And yeah, it's which uh, is taken from his observation of waterbenders of waterbenders. Yeah. And you also get to see Iroh in terms of like how he has such more of an open mind than the fire nation does. He's like saying like, you know, all these other kingdoms and nations, they have something to contribute. You don't just go and like, uh, stick to like, you know, a very dogmatic view of like, of like how one thing works or how, you know, things work. You have to learn from like all the other, uh, sources of like how they do things in order to like be really great at what you can do. Right. Which, yeah, that's a life lesson. Anyone can learn. It's a life lesson, but yeah, I mean, ultimately Aang is struggling with, um, in this episode, Aang is struggling with earthbending because it's, you know, the opposite element to, the one that he uh to air yeah to air basically so so he has and also to his personality so he, totally he he's has, not direct he's kind of like uh he's a monk so he's more he's more, i don't know more passive i yeah. guess in a certain man he doesn't he doesn't really like rush into conflict in terms of like being uh uh co- confrontational and stuff but um well, and Katara does not approve of Toph's style of teaching because Toph's very direct, just like Earthbending needs to be. Yep. Uh, really hard on him because she wants him to understand, like, hey, here's here's the kind of gusto you got to have to be an Earthbender. Here's what it means to actually be an Earthbender. And neither Aang or Katara really understood that, and so it was totally needed. Where at the end of the episode, you find her like, like, get mad, like, get, like, well, do this. Well, yeah, be she, a man about, like, she, she man is, up. She Come is, on. She's egging him on basically in order for on purpose him, in order for him to like actually earthbend, you yeah. know, be confrontational, stand up for himself. Yeah. Stand your ground is what she kept saying. Essentially. Yeah. Because I mean, ultimately because they describe it as, you know, with air and uh, water, they're very fluid, very moldable here. You have to be like, uh, 
you have to be essentially unbreakable in order to like, you know, bend something hard as earth here because it's harder, it's sturdier, it's more durable. You have to be stubborn like it here. Yeah, totally. So, so but uh, the last last thing I want to say about this episode is uh, you get this great part at the end of the episode where uh, Zuko wants Iroh to uh, shoot lightning at him so he can like, you know, practice the redirect. Uh, <laughs> yeah, technique. he's like, are you crazy? <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, I'm gonna shoot you. Exactly. It's like essentially, it's the equivalent of uh, uh, saying like, "Okay, I learned how to like jump out of the way of like you know getting shot at. Now take a shot at me." He's like, "No, <laughs> like I'm yeah. not gonna do that." But you have him like go up to this mountaintop where there's this uh, thunderstorm happening and like lightning and all that. Yeah, and he's basically like calling out to the storm. Basically telling him like, "Come on, hit me," you know. And yeah, like, like you've done it many times before, like yeah, metaphorically. Well, yeah. Basically, he's just at that point, he's, he's pissed just, off and he's crying out to the universe, basically saying like, "You know, you've already done it. Why not one more time here?" You know, yeah. and just basically speaking to like how much uh bad Crap luck he's, been, yeah, he's uh, had his whole life, basically. Yeah. So. No, it's a solid episode, I think. Yeah, no, very solid episode. And then we get to the next episode, the library. Yeah, so this is, I think, a really important episode to understand for not only this season, but for next season as well. Yeah. Uh, we get introduced uh, to this, like, spiritual owl being who's all-knowing. Yeah. So it's Wan God. Top, uh, Wan Chi Tong, which is like, yeah. dude, that, guy, that guy's dope, man. I just really like the design on him. And yeah, it's like, pretty cool. But this is really where you see Sokka, you know, asking the hard questions and trying to figure out, trying to figure out how to beat the Fire Nation, and he does. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, in the same episode, Oppa is stolen by the Sandbenders, uh, which causes Aang. tension between Aang and Toph because he blames Toph when Toph was saving all their lives. Yeah. By holding up this, because they're basically in this underground. Uh, tower tower like uh well, it's, it's a huge building that's been buried in sand and she's holding it up with her earth bending well yeah she's holding the entrance up that way it doesn't get completely caved in and yeah like but she couldn't do that and fight these sandbenders or stop the sandbenders from uh from stealing oppa right and, yeah uh so that's kind of the conflict we end up in which leads us in episode 11 where ang loses his crap oh big time yeah he goes out straight avatar state but in this episode, we do get like kind of an introduction to the White Lotus here, and like the yeah like, a tease of it. Yeah, they ha they play that game of pie show where they basically form like a like this uh, uh lotus, I think it is, or something like that. Well, it's like a specific strategy. Yeah, it's a specific strategy that him and this guy at like the desert encampment that uh team avatar went to earlier it's not even really a game it's a secret language that they're doing in oh, order it, to communicate and go back to this other room oh, to make sure he's actually white lotus it absolutely is and so essentially um so essentially i mean you're starting to realize at this point that you know iroh has connections that are outside the fire nation he has uh something that he's a part of that we don't quite know what it is about just quite yet but that he has been a part of this for a while and a long time. And even like in, um, even in like book one, they kind of alluded to it a little bit where, um, he was telling Zuko, I lost my white Lotus piece for Pai show. We need to get it. It's the most important piece here. You know, yeah, it was very, foreshadowing. Yeah. Just very subtle, very, big, yeah. very subtle, uh, nudging, but yeah. But I mean, the big part about this, uh, episode in particular is 
really about, uh, you know, Aang losing Appa. Mm-hmm. And legitimately, he I th- I believe that he would have killed the Sandbenders if Katara didn't intervene because he goes full on Avatar uh, state mm-hmm. when he finds the Sandbenders and just gets completely crazy. And also, shout out to Sokka getting high off of cactus juice. That's a funny scene. That is a funny scene. I know that the actor Jack DeSena who plays Sokka is constantly asked to recite the cactus juice lines. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, what's the next episode you got? Uh, the next one is uh, Serpent's Pass. This is where we get uh, Suki uh, returning. And so you also get to see Aang just get jaded, you know, where he's like kind of becoming a little bit nihilistic saying like, Nothing matters. Like, I can't care about this thing anymore here. You also get to see Sokka kind of, you know, be confronted with, like, the guilt of uh, failing UA. And he's, you know, he has, like, this uh, new relationship that might be blooming with Suki, potentially. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But but you also... uh, you also get the return of Jet and him trying to be less of a less of less of a douchebag this time around here. You That's know? fair. Yeah. 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 But then uh, episode after that is the is the drill. Oh yeah, that was a sweet fight. Yeah, great action episode. Re- really cool, like you know, just uh, use of like bending here. You know, they talk about like you know, you would think like just from a pure story standpoint, it'd be like. Yeah, Toffa being the drill helping them, but Toffa's like, I can't see in there. Why would I go in there? And it's like, oh, yeah, that, that's a really good point. And so yeah. she's just going to do things on the outside. And then you have like a Katara, basically, uh, one, one of the really cool things that I liked from the, this episode is like she breaks one of the pipes. So there's like a lot of steam coming up. So, like, it, so it basically acts as a smoke screen, but then she like turns it to ice yeah. around the guy. Just like that. Just highlighting her, how much she's grown in that as well. Well, well just how like clever the use of like uh, superpowers and this Universe, show for yeah. children is, yeah. or, you know. Um, but yeah, no, just great action episode. You know, Zula, Mai, and Ty Lee all have like, you know, uh, all show up and they're all trying to, you know, essentially stop uh, Team Avatar from stopping the drill that's drilling into the wall of Bossing Say. No, good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you got for uh, other notable episodes? Episode here? 14, City Walls and Secrets. Okay. Yeah. yeah so yeah. this is where we finally get into kind of the innards of Bossing Say because there's multiple walls and you're kind of introduced to how the city even functions. It's a caste system that's separated by even more walls. Yep. So you get like the refugees and then you have like your kind of middle class and then your upper class. Um, and so, yeah, it's 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 interesting. Uh, and this episode, you get Jet starts getting suspicious of Zuko and Iroh and who they actually are. Yeah. Uh, not that he's Zuko, but that they're firebenders and he hates firebenders. Well, yeah, I mean, no. Uh, All because some, they saw he, him reheat a tea, potentially. Yeah, yeah which uh, he hates them so much that uh, like he was willing to wipe out an entire village of innocent people in the last season about it pretty much we're kind of introduced to the the daily a little bit more Which, like and what they're about gotta say dopest uh people in the earth kingdom maybe an avatar in general like just got honestly some, got some sweet threads like sweet uh the sweet rock hat, gloves the that rock, they shoot out the rock hands. gloves they 
They're just climbing on walls like Spider-Man. They're, they're basically uh, spec ops for, for the Earth, the Earth Kingdom. Kingdom. Yeah, no. Yeah, they're absolutely. really cool. Absolutely. Um, they keep everyone safe in the city is, is a quote. I don't... In, yeah. From Judy. Yeah. Uh, who's like kind of the... I don't know. There's a lot you find out about how messed up the Earth Kingdom is, especially bossing say right now. Which is also a very interesting, uh, very interesting like kind of twist. Just because when, as far as we understood, like just going into the Earth Kingdom, everything was normal, was every, prosperous. Well, everything was normal. Everything was prosperous. They were the good guys. They were gonna help uh, Team Avatar take down the Fire Nation yep. and all that. And they were like, like one of. You know, one of the last, uh, like, Bossing Say was like one of the last refugees that hasn't been like taken over by the Fire Nation. So it was, um, you would think that, okay, yeah, they can like lend military support, all this stuff here, you know? Yeah. So it seems like nobody in the town either, they either don't know about the war that's been going on for 100 years or they're too afraid to talk about it. Right. Because the Dai Li want to keep it hush hush and kind of control. The king. Yeah, and also brainwashing here. So yeah, they're brainwashing people like the Judys. Uh, we find out more about that uh, later. We get the Jet versus Lee fight. So it's Jet versus Zuko, but he's the, Lee the, at this the point. The Jet Lee fight. The Jet Lee fight. Uh, and then we get Judy. She's always talking about don't do this or don't do that or you're going to be in trouble. Yeah. Like, but v- she's yeah. basically just sent to watch Team Avatar. Yeah, no, absolutely. And just keep tabs on her. But yeah, and... You know, you also get to learn in this episode, like if somebody does come in with knowledge about the war and they won't shut up about it, they brain, they, 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 they brain, hypnotize them. Yeah. They brainwash you, make you forget about certain things, just like they did with jet basically. Yeah. Know? There's, there's a specific line. It's a, it's uh the king, the, ki- the king. Has, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. It's yeah. The king has invited you to Lake Lao guy and then it triggers something in your head and yeah. you go. I'd be honored to receive his invitation. Yeah, basically it's makes different him, for everyone because yeah. Jets is different than because you find out he's actually brainwashed later uh, than Judy. Yeah. You know? So, uh, yeah. So, and this, uh, and oh, sorry, I, I skipped ahead a little. Uh, we got episode 16. That's the next one I have, which is Op is Lost Days. Yeah. Because Op has been gone this entire time. So, for like, handful of episodes he's not in the picture at all yeah so we actually get to see his perspective which is pretty cool yeah i like that no and it, even flashbacks to when he was little he was like a, yeah. a young bison in his first interaction with ang yeah exactly just kind of like explaining the history to him and then also just like the connection that him and ang have essentially here just because he's because he's not like just trapped in this one place the entire time. He's like, no, he's all he, over he, the place. He, he gets, he escapes and then he's trying to find ang uh, as quickly as he possibly can. He goes back to like places that he thought he would be at and he's not. So he's kind of in the background in a lot of scenes that had already happened in episodes. So like yeah, when Aang turns avatar state and you see this big old sand cloud opposite it, but he's like pinned down basically. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, he ends up with the Kyoshi warriors for a little bit and then he goes to this, one of the air temples and meets uh guru Patik. Yep. Uh, which is pretty cool. Cause uh, in two more episodes, uh, the guru is really the one that trains uh, Aang in how to master the Avatar state. Yeah, no, he has a significant role to play later on here. So with all the Lake Lao guy talk, let's talk about that episode. Yeah, so... Uh, episode 17, Lake yeah, Lao guy. Yeah, I mean, Iroh is 
offered a tea shop here just because he's the best uh, tea maker in the entire city, basically. Yeah, apparently. Yeah. I always thought, I was like, why? That guy's got to have a cut. This is Shirk Tank for... Uh, oh, yeah, no. For, for, for sure. But, uh, yeah. This episode, Zuko actually realizes the Avatar's in Bossing Say. Yep. He didn't know this entire time. Uh, Judy disappears and reappears. Mm-hmm. They, I, I don't know if it's this episode or a previous one where actually Judy gets replaced with a different lady who's yeah. also Judy. Yeah, no, it's it's a different episode, I'm pretty yeah. sure. But the, like the original Judy, she comes uh, back in this episode here. And Basic, like, basically, you can't do any anything troublesome because they couldn't post pictures of Appa. She didn't like that. Yep. Uh, the big reveal is that whole trigger for the hypnosis that we get for the yeah. brainwashing. Uh, Jet shows up saying he's changed this, that, and the other thing. Yeah. We learned Toph as a human lie detector can sense because uh, when you lie, your body has an actual, there's a change in like, yeah, you know, the good. rhythm of your heartbeat or right. whatever. And she can sense that. Yeah. Uh, one thing, I, one thing I do want to mention, like uh, Appa's last days, uh, it's revealed at the end that uh, the head of the Dai Li actually captured Appa and that's why. Yeah, he was captured. Yeah. Uh, and he gets freed by someone that you would not suspect. Right. But I mean, that also triggers like why they're going to Lake Laogai in the first right. place. Yep. Here. Yeah. They get some information basically that Appa could be there. Yep. Uh, after being set up because Jet was brainwashed. Uh, and then he's like, they're like Lake Laogai. He's like, that's it. We got to go there. Mm-hmm. And so he figures out that they got to go there. Um, Zuko is a straight up ninja. Yeah. When, he, when he's fighting the Dai Li as oh, the absolutely. Blue Spirit. Absolutely. Such a sick scene. Yeah. Uh oh, and then we get the reveal from the the guy with the nose piercing. I, I can't remember. They call it like the Rough Riders or something like that uh, in season one. The Firebender guy with like yeah. each person has a different. He was the one that killed Jet's parents. Yeah. So we get that backstory for Jet. Um. So Toph can also uh, send secret passageways. They're able to find the actual secret entrance to Lake Lao Guy. Mm-hmm. We get to see a whole room of Judy's being brainwashed. Yep. And conditioned to like a certain way of thinking. Yep. To basically serve like the role of Judy here, essentially. And like just keeping uh, the peace, keeping peace and keeping information Tabs. quiet on uh, on uh, the war and like anything else <laughs> that the Daily would not want uh, people of Bossing say, say or the king to know about. Yeah. And yeah. so uh, then we kind of get this bait and switch where we think Team Avatar shows up to free Appa, yeah. but it's the Blue Spirit, Zuko. Yeah, and if it's at first it's, it's like him going to actually use Appa for his advantage to like actually capture the Avatar, but then that's when Iro uh, asks him the question, shows up, and basically, basically it's the come to Jesus moment. Yeah. That, Who are you going to be? Yeah. What kind of person? And he frees him. Yeah. So uh, we see that, and then. Uh, Team Avatar gets Appa back. Appa saves the day by smashing some Dai Li agents. Yep. And they're able to kind of get away from that situation. Uh, you know, and so, and, and apparently the Blue Spirit dies in this episode as well. Yep. Zuko doesn't die, but he kind of gives up the persona of the Blue Spirit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no. And then um, next episode, they actually get an audience with the Earth Gang. Yeah. And finally. You know, basically, go they forced themselves in there, though. They did force themselves by in there. with extreme prejudice. They did, yes. <laughs> and essentially, long story short, they end up convincing the Earth King that, yeah, the Dali have basically been uh, running 
the kingdom yeah. for the last however long here, and you've just been you've been a pawn. You've been a pawn essentially. So, uh, and you know, there's a war going on. We need your help. And you know, the Dali pretty crafty. They cover their tracks. Oh, pretty big well. time! But the one thing that they couldn't do was uh, the drill. And that's what ended up doing uh, Long Fei, Fei Long, whatever his name is. That's what ended up doing him in. It's Long Feng. Long yeah. Feng, okay. Yeah. So, uh, and through that, uh, Long the king actually believes Team Avatar and Long Feng's arrested. Uh, he even was holding letters, uh, like the letter that Guru put on Appa's horn. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah. supposed letter from Toph's family, and, and then, then a letter from Hakoda uh katara and Sokka's dad yep um so they're even controlling the information coming in and out when it comes to letters and stuff like that so yep. just a uh very restrictive and uh yeah then on this episode uh we ang almost tells katara how he feels about her yeah he's like well i love and then she ends up before he leaves because they kind of split up for a little bit because he's yeah. gonna go train with the guru uh Sokka's gonna go meet with his dad katara's gonna stay and kind of yeah, help, help out the help king, the and, and, and then Toph is gonna go see her, me with her parents. Well, her mom specifically. Yeah, here, but that turns out to be kind of a farce. Yeah. So, so yeah, but weirdly enough, so Toph gets captured by the two dudes from the Blind Bandit episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Kyoshi Warriors show up, which is actually Azula yeah. and Maya my and, and, uh, and Ty Tylee. Yeah, from when they uh, took on. Um, Suki and her uh, Kyoshi yeah. Warriors from in the Alpha's Last Day episode. Alpa's Last Day's episode. Yep. Yeah. So they're actually infiltrating because they couldn't penetrate the walls. They're infiltrating from within, yep. which ends up working. Yeah. No, it does. Uh, but, and we see that in the next episode. Yeah. In the next episode. I mean, you know, we talked about like a lot of uh, earlier on, like in the world building and stuff. <laughs> yeah, like Yeah. The that. guru and the about chakras. The guru and the chakra chakras ends up, uh, you know, uh, having Aang work through every single one except for the final one, which is about the earthly attachment here. And he can't do it just because he he's like, I can't give up Katara or I can't give up like, you know, the people I care about here, you know? And, uh, you know, Azula ends up controlling the Dai Li. Yep. And, you know, takes over. Stages a coup. Yep, stages a coup. And, uh, you know, Sokka meets his dad again. Yeah, Sokka meets his dad. Not but, meets him, but you know, meets back up with right. him. Right. And that but basically like uh uh Aang has like this moment that's very reminiscent from uh Empire Strikes Back while when Luke's training on Dagobah with Yoda. Yeah, here, very much so. Doesn't where, listen to where, the wise yeah, counsel. Exactly. Has a vision of uh Katara being in trouble. So he's uh, like, I gotta go. He's like, I gotta get out of here. Like they're my my, my friends know, are in my, trouble. My friends are in trouble, blah blah blah. And he's like, you haven't completed your training, and like this is gonna, this is not gonna work for you if you don't yeah. complete your training. And then you know, then takes off, picks up Sokka. Yep. Um, and Toph's actually captured this point. She's in one of those uh, metal yeah. kind of little cages, cages yeah. and she actually discovers she can metal bend. Yeah, yeah. Through and like, breaks out through like yeah, identifying like the the pieces of rock in the unpurified metal here. So, but yeah. Yeah, and then, um, but and then you know Katara gets captured after you know Azula takes over the place, and then then we get to the season finale, which is Crossroads of Destiny here. 
Yeah, which is a good title for this. Yeah, no, very much so. A lot of, a lot of things happen in this one. Here. Yeah, so you get Azula, who you find out is working with Long Fang to overthrow the government and to take over Bossing safe from within. Uh, I think Iroh's power is exhibited more in this episode. Oh, yeah, you get to, uh, you get to see why he's called the Dragon of the West. Yep. Uh, Zuko challenges Azula to an Agni Kai, uh, but she declines. She's like, nah, I don't want to. Yeah. Like... And uh, he, he kind of stops running from who he is at this point. Yeah. I think he's it's been hinted at throughout it. Yeah. Uh, and he's really trying to decide what he wants to embrace. Does he want to embrace this new Zuko or yeah, which, is he going to backslide into who he was before? Yep. Yeah. Pretty dope action in this in this episode. No, very dope action. Uh, you know, uh, then we get the uh, the old friend of Toph shows up to help them out. Which is Iroh oh, from yeah, the episode. Yeah. And well, and then he, like, even like Iroh and Aang have like that, that talk about like, you know, the whole like guru attachment thing and yeah. all that when they're, but because Iroh does end up showing up after, you know, they have their confrontation with Azula and, uh, and the Dai Li saying like, Hey, I need your help. My nephew, he's been captured. Yep. And then also, your friend's been captured, so... Let's we, work together. Let's work together. We can mutually benefit from this. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, no, him and Iroh uh, kind of bond over just this whole idea of, like, attachment. And basically, Iroh pretty much says, like, you know, it's not a great idea to, like, you know, let things, you know, things that are good go, essentially, here. But, right. you know, it's kind of it's kind of interesting because, like, if I did not know any better, like, you know, from this show, if I didn't already have, like, the knowledge I had going into the show uh, previously previously when I watched it, I would have assumed Iroh was going to be the fire bending teacher for Aang here. I mean, it kind of feels that way. Yeah. Yeah, but we won't spoil that for you guys. Yeah. Uh, but basically, at this point, yeah, Iroh's talking to Aang. Aang, Aang and Katara, Aang, they break, you know, Zuko and Katara out. There's a whole little scuffle between them. There Nothing is. crazy. Oh, Azula shows up. Well, and there's even that moment where, like, Katara and uh, oh yeah, Zuko are having. We like, get we get a Zutara glimpse. W- what could have been? What could have been but, between Zuko and Katara? But also just like them, like actually coming to an, an understanding yeah. with each other, just because both uh, lost their moms to the bo- Fire Nation. Both lost their moms to the Fire Nation. Both of them, like you know, uh, Zuko basically apologizes for like everything he's done so far here, but only just like essentially like you know backslide here to like how he well yeah so let's let's set that up a little sure. so basically azula shows up yep and kind of makes zuko an offer he can't refuse and yep. she's kind of seducing him back to her side yep and you don't really know which way it's going to go so now we have uh azula versus ing katara mm-hmm. with dai li thrown in there yep uh and you you've seen how much ing and katara have grown because they're actually in step with Azula at this point. They are, yes. Uh, and you think Azula's maybe starting to slip a little. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, her words were enough. Zuko shows up and he's kind of like looking at Azula, looking at Aang and them, looking yeah, at Azula, looking at Aang. Like, okay, what was what, he? And then he attacks Team Avatar yep. and he, he goes back. You know, that's kind of the big sh- little twist at the end there. That's like you think he's going to actually be on Team Avatar. Yeah, and actually like make a definitive statement as to like put his foot down, say yes, I am going to continue this path that I've already started on. But he's like, no, I'm actually going to backtrack a little bit and then take this path here. Yeah. And so, uh, which is unfortunate, but basically 
This puts Aang in a position where he's like, all right, I got to finish my training. He goes into like a little catacomb. He, he earthbends some crystals around him and sits, meditates, and is able to unlock that last chakra. Yeah. Uh, and you think... And you're like, stuff is about to go down. Yeah, you think this is going to be like essentially a repeat of like a book one finale. Yeah, where and, like and he, then you're like, oh, or is it? Yeah. Because as soon as he has sent, he like floats up. It's this big, you know, like the score is like... Yeah, it's big and epic. It's it's like uh, ramping up, mounting and stuff like that. And then that. Yeah. all of a sudden, this lightning, like you see, like lightning, lightning kind of change. Yeah, and then you see him start. He falls basically, and, and Azula's Azula there. Shot him with lightning. Sniper shot him in the back with lightning. Here, yeah, yeah. And then, which I mean, also I I don't know if we mentioned or not like earlier in this episode, but uh, talking about the Avatar state, basically like you know this is. Uh, it it does talk a lot about the Avatar state, but it also mentions that you are at your most vulnerable at yeah. the Avatar state, just because if you die in the Avatar state, like all the, the cycle uh, stops, the cycle stops. There mm. are, there are no more Avatars, basically. Yep. Uh, and yeah, he, I mean, he dies basically, and then uh, Katara still has that water from the northern. Uh, yeah, the spirit water. Yeah, and is able to revive him basically. Yep. Uh, but they're in this, they're in this underground cave and she's like, okay, what am I going to do? Like the Dilir here, Azula's here, Aang's down for the count. I'm the only one here. And then out of nowhere, Iroh shows up and is like, get out of here. And he full, he goes full on traitor, I guess, of the Fire Nation. He's like, oh, yeah. I'm basically cutting ties completely with Fire Nation. Mm-hmm. Gives himself up as a prisoner. Uh, Zuko decides to return to the Fire Nation with Azula. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very interesting because, I mean, this is how the season ends. Our heroes did not win. Yeah, no, very Empire Strikes Back ending. Here. 100%, yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's the vibe. I mean, this this season is the Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. If you will. Yeah. I mean, so many so many things taken from that that they do a really good job of making it their own. Yeah. No, so, for, for certain, yes. yes. But yeah, that's it for the episodes. Uh, let's talk about, you know favorite parts of the season all right so i mean we've kind of mentioned and talked about it uh you know earlier about our favorite parts or like what we liked about this uh season but i mean i feel like there is less drag i felt like the writing is you know a lot tighter it's pushing the store story forward constantly yeah uh you know it expands the lore that's already built upon with like you know the avatar state the chakras the different like subcategories of bending, uh, diet Lee agents are the coolest people around, not even a competition. And, uh, you know, there's a very good balance between action and story in this season. I think, you know, you really are pushing the story forward, but you're still making sure that you're giving the people what you want or what they want here. Yeah. I completely forgot this. This goes back to the Lake Lao guy episode because, for me, a favorite part of this season is Jet kind of gets redeemed a little bit. He does, yeah. But unfortunately, uh, in the Lake Lauga episode, uh, Long Feng deals, deals a killing blow, essentially, to, mm-hmm. to Jet. Uh, and so he dies yep. uh, off screen. He doesn't die on screen. He's just... Katara can't heal him. So they said this is this is not good at all. Yeah, which a little, a little uh, spoiler for... Uh uh, for like a uh, book three, like, you know, the play episode that they have in there where they're like going to the play that reenacts all their invent uh, adventures up to this point. Oh yeah. Like they have, they have a point where they're talking about jet and him dying. He's like, 
you know, oh, will I die or will I not die? I guess we'll make it vague here or something like that. So kind of alluding to the fact that it is vague. Did, did, did he actually die? But he doesn't come back. He does not. No, so. and he's not even. Re- I don't think he's even like comes back in like any of like the expanded like comics that came out afterwards. Not or that he, I know of. Not, even in Korra. Yeah. But, uh, but, and you know, bossing say pretty cool city. I mean, basically this is a, epi- uh, this season takes what was good from uh, season one, expands upon it, makes it better here. I would say that's the best way I could describe this season here and just what I like about it. Yeah, I would say uh, uh, I like the Jet stuff. I mm-hmm. like the Zuko stuff, his continued arc. Uh, Toph, I think, brings a really cool element to Team Avatar. She does, yeah. Um, and then they, they didn't win, which I, I both like and don't like because of that huge cliffhanger, but I do like it as a story. Like, it's it's a good... It, it's nice when... They're 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 facing an obstacle or something. They have to overcome lines. it, yeah. Right, because I mean, if if at the end of the day, it's like you know your heroes win every single time here. It's like yeah, it makes it you know a it makes season three that much better. It does. I mean, yeah. it's kind of like um, obviously like you know Empire Strikes Back and like, it's you set know, up yeah set up for like you know Return of the Jedi. It's even like uh, Avengers and uh, Infinity War to right, Endgame. Here, right, you know? Endgame makes it Endgame would not be nearly mm. as uh, significant or as impactful if uh, they didn't take those L's. Yeah, in Infinity War. Exactly. Yeah, those hard L's. Yeah. So for me, my overall kind of thoughts of it, I guess, were that it was it was a really good season. Mm-hmm. Uh, much different tone from book one. More grounded, less silly. Lots of serious topics about politics, the coups, the deception of a king, an entire city being controlled by this group of people, basically. Yeah. No. And absolutely. And yeah, just a lot. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Definitely a lot more like grown up and a lot more like deeper uh, themes and subject to like put in a kids show here. I mean, yeah. Granted, kids aren't really gonna like understand it here, but it's again, it's like you know mostly there for the adults that are watching, saying like, "Yeah, here we know you're watching. We'll give you something." Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's that's kind of all I have for. Excuse me, my thoughts and just kind of what I thought about the season. But all right, well, let's get into like on the flip side of the coin, uh, or the yin to the yang, as you know, it's appropriate for the show. The Zuko to the Aang. The Zuko to the Aang. Yeah. Uh, least favorite parts here. Uh, for me, I think it was just like the slowness, kind of in the middle to like late part of the season, like the bossing says. Yeah, stuff, it like was. When... It's just it was just more of the political stuff. So I sure. think. There just wasn't a, like a whole bunch of action. I still enjoyed it, but it, it was probably my least favorite part and that they uh, killed Jet because I thought that his... I mean, it, I, I understand like you the thought, arc. You, you thought he could have had more potential. Well, especially because Smeller B and Longshot and all of them come back in season three to help out the gang. Yeah, they do. So Well, no, I think it's actually Pipsqueak and... Uh, I think they all do for the... Uh, that, 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 or maybe they don't, but yeah, Pipsqueak for sure does in the Duke. Yeah, Pipsqueak. Pipsqueak and the Duke, I think, yeah. are the ones here, if I remember right. So, but um, yeah, anything else in there that? Um, I'm trying to think. I don't know if I like Long Feng. Uh, I'm still trying to figure that out. I don't. I don't know. I. I think he serves his role. Like he does. He's like, like a sub boss. Like in terms of like what they wrote him for here. I mean, granted, you don't really get to see him like shine at as like you know say somebody like azula does but he's, right he's essentially like this season's uh gen uh general uh Zhao, Zhao, yeah. yeah 
No, I, I other than that, I thought it was a great season. Yeah, no. Uh, I would say just for me, for least favorite parts, I am not the biggest fan of the return to Umashu episode. Kind of like what we discussed. I think there are some plot plot holes. Can <laughs> we fix it? No, we're good. Okay. Uh, I think there are some, uh, but no, uh, I think the King of Umashu episode for me, not the biggest fan. I think there are some plot holes in there that, or things that are not really well explained. And especially considering how, Boomy is the king of the this uh, city. Yeah, legitimately does nothing for his people here. You know, it takes Team Avatar to actually do something to like get the people out of the city and sure. like, you know make it safe. Um, but and also I'm just not a big fan of like uh, Boomy as a character in general here. But also, no crazy battle at the end of book one like we like we did. Uh, not know? that scale. No. Not that scale. And you know, granted. They're make they're they're saving it for like you know a uh, for book three mm-hmm. essentially here because we get like not not like one big battle but we get like at least two with yeah. like the black you know the black sun and then the actual finale yeah. and all that but yeah but o- overall it's great no overall I like this uh, season better than book one um, I will say it may be my favorite I don't know I'll have to I'll have to kind of put that. Uh, to the test with book next three. time. Yep. Yeah. Well, that's it. Thank you guys for listening so much. We greatly appreciate it. Make sure to check out our book one review if you haven't already. And we have a bunch of other videos dedicated to just talking about nerd stuff. So, uh, and we're going to do uh, coming up our next uh, our next deep dive or Thursday throwback, if you will, is going to be looking at book three of the Avatar Fire. So make sure you stay tuned for that. Make sure you subscribe. Uh, you know, hit that like button and leave a comment, you yeah. know. And if you're unfamiliar with like our channel and like what we do here, we also do weekly uh, nerd news shows here and talk about latest developments in just nerd culture, whether that's, you know, movies, video games, or TV. So if that's uh, something you like, you like our content here and you'd like to see more of that, you know, come check us out. Yeah, hit us up on the YouTube. Uh, we're on all everywhere where podcasts are. Uh, Patreon.com slash with nerds if you want to support the channel directly. But yeah, uh, have an awesome week. And remember, everyone's a nerd about something.